Big loss. How you doing, big guy? How you feeling, sir? I'm really good. Just yeah. um, yeah, body's not too bad. So um, <laughs> which is always good. Yeah. Yeah. So my a, first question is, how beat up are you? <laughs> although I, I had a real issue with my knee going into my competition last week, and um, that's still hurting me. But other than that, the body feels pretty good. I feel recovered. You know, no, nothing, you know, I had a few normal aches and pains that you have from a contest. My knee was really bad and that needs addressing. I'm probably going to have to have uh, surgery at some point just to clear out the um, ligaments in there. But um, other than that, I feel good. Uh, I feel I've, I've sort of I've come down from that high of, of, of an amazing weekend. You know, it, it really was an amazing way to to end my strongman career. Um, and it, it, it was I was just kind of riding a wave and I've just sort of ease back down i'm sure you guys know what it's like after a, a, you know if you if you put everything into a competition for whether it's 12 16 20 weeks prep whatever it might be and then it's all done and this time it is all done for me i'm i'm not looking at any more contests or anything <laughs> like that i've got so much going on it was just a, a perfect you know fairy tale ending that's awesome yeah that's the hardest part too sometimes people don't realize is the emotional difference of like you just train for this competition your body's beat up but all of a sudden now your your mind is just like at ease and then it kind of hits all at the same time which makes the the soreness and the, the 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 bumps and bruises even that much worse because now it's just like okay i have nothing to strive for right this second now i'm just beat up <laughs> yeah and i'm very much one of those people i sort of need goals and a focus so right. i've often hated kind of the the after competition come down but um <laughs> I'm lucky these days that I have a lot of other things going on that keep me busy and keep me focused. Busy is an understatement, my friend. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I think runners talk, it's called the runner's blues when they have, um, especially long distance. It, it, it's a legit thing too, in terms of like the hormones and everything after you've given so much and then the highs. Um, but for yourself, so we, we were talking before we started, you, you have retired before um, injuries, uh, you know, and obviously injuries can be frustrating and possibly retirements due to frustration, but this one's different. And we talked about how this one might be different. You have a bit of a path now, a segue, if you will. And you're not just leaving the sport. You're now, it can be said, you might even be more important to the sport than ever due to, uh, you know, the YouTube you've been doing, the commentary you're doing. You're actually bigger than just yourself now almost becoming a voice for the sport. Um, and it's a, it's a hell of a transition to watch. I got to admit, you know, uh, I don't know if this was a goal years previously, or you're just like, holy shit, I stumbled upon this. And I didn't think this was going to happen like this, but maybe talk about a little bit how this time's different than previous, you know, how maybe previously why you felt like you were going to retire and how this one is different and why you're at peace with it and all the things that are happening. Yeah, well, I retired twice before, actually. Once was after my uh, World's Strongest Man in 2015, where I got injured really badly, um, and it was just emotions talking. You know, it was a spontaneous thing. I was so frustrated coming back from injuries and then, you know, having another injury happen. But I actually came back from that and, and did really well. Went on to win a number of international contests, broke records. Um, you know, I went on to win Europe's Strongest Man, beat the Hafthor um, Bjornsson. I uh, won the World Ultimate Strongman Championships and, you know, I was, I was performing in some of the best contests that I had in my career. So I came back from that. Then there was the retirement in 2019, which was planned. I'd always planned to make the 2019 World Strongest Man my last Worlds, but it was a devastating way to go out. 
I, I wanted to go out on my terms, finishing the competition. You know, uh, I was in a tough group, so that was always going to be tough. But I felt in great shape, actually. I felt like I had a real good chance of some good events for me. Um, and unfortunately, just things didn't go my way. I ended up tearing my Achilles <laughs> um, badly. Um, and then sat on the sofa, miserable, feeling useless in myself, feeling, you know, heavily depressed, um, had a, a young child and I felt like I couldn't, you know, be there to help my wife and couldn't provide for the family and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, stop even thinking about strongman and focus on, on business for a while. Try and, you know, focus on the things that you're good at. Um, and I set up my own online coaching business and then, you know, it wasn't until I had had the YouTube stuff for a while, but the YouTube was literally just a bit of fun. It was just, it wasn't even fun. I guess, you know, back then I used to post a few training videos on there. Um, and I didn't really think about it as, you know, a platform, anything more than, you know, oh, that's how I do my deadlifts or, you know, there's me lifting yeah. 400 kilos or whatever it might be. Um, and then it wasn't until the lockdown happened, like the, the global pandemic and, you know, my coaching was going well. I was developing that um, nicely. Got a lot of good clients of, of all different levels. Um, and I've, I've always been a fan of strongman, you know, not just strongman, but powerlifting, Olympic lifting, any form of strength, grip training, you know, odd lifts, all, all sorts of stuff like that. I've been a massive fan of lifting all my life. I just thought I'll start talking about it on, um, <laughs> on camera and see if anyone listens. And, and it, it really started to pick up. And, you know, I think the fact that I've got such history and knowledge in the sport really helps uh because I'm, you know there's other people that do something similar but they've never been in the the environment that i have i mean i've competed at world's strongest man 11 times i know exactly what goes on behind the scenes at that show whereas other mm. people they can see results coming in but they don't know what the athletes are going through in the same kind of way they don't know the the subtle changes that will happen you know and put athletes off and things like that so i've got good insight into to what's going on and we, we were talking uh before you know about um you know the the ufc guys such as you know chael son and um people like that that have transitioned into like the commentating side of things the analysis side of things and you know i think the way strongman powerlifting is going the, the the bigger fan base that we have now due to social media there's more people doing it at all sorts of levels it gives someone like myself that opportunity to step into that role and it's it's given me a new passion to be honest you know i'm still involved in the sport that i love body's a bit more you know battered and, and past it you know <laughs> in my my 20s i could recover real well and you know i didn't have a lot of the the injuries that i have now so I woke up and I wasn't in so much pain, but now I've got, you know, new goals that I can focus on training wise. I still want to do a few various different, you know, challenges for myself, but now I'm still involved in strongman in, in a different path. And it's great. I absolutely love it. It's a, so I just a little background on myself. Like I do um, the commentary for the powerlifting world championships with the IPF. And it, to your point, when you said, um, you know, there's, there's certain commentators that wouldn't know what it's like to be in those shoes, which um, as a competitor myself, who's lifted at the world championships, I, I get what you're saying too. But on the flip side, what I noticed, which is interesting, I wanted to ask you, um, we've had athletes sit in on sessions for commentary and just because they're an athlete with the knowledge doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen like that. And they might try to either be too loose, like it's a podcast or they try to be 
too technical like it's a seminar and they're flexing on what they know and it's yeah. it's 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 not as easy especially live air it's a it's skill my friend like you 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 have you're different like you are special it isn't it's a very unique still skill to do live television even if it's pre-taped it's very difficult the producers of the broadcast i'm on are like this is this is the the real this is the big boy stuff you know if yeah. you could pull this off live is very very <laughs> difficult uh people don't understand so how, do you do you think you've gotten much better the more you've done it and, and you're expanding and how did you get so good at it? um yeah i've definitely got better as i've been able to do more i think anything that you do in life if you kind of practice it's like you know powerlifting you, you don't start off as a world champion you have to progress and develop skills and movement patterns and then you get stronger and it, it's the same but but that being said you often see guys that are just naturally good at it and you know there, there's certain people that are obviously natural i was I've always been fairly good at talking. So when I did like interviews for World's Strongest Man and stuff, which is funny because I don't like talking that much, especially about myself. <laughs> I find you'll find if you, if you try and ask me questions about myself, I sort of shy away a little bit. If yeah. I'm talking about everyone else, I love it. <laughs> I'll just kind of keep, you know, banging out information. And, you know, I think the fact that firstly, I'm a genuine fan of the sport and sports helps a lot because I won't name names, but I've seen other athletes do commentating and stuff like that. And you can tell they are just an athlete. Mm -hmm. They don't know the history of the sport. They know just about how to get good and how to perform well, which is great, but it's not when you're put into that role because mm -hmm. you need to understand the history. You need to understand the different athletes, the different ways that people lift. You know, there's, a, there's plenty of athletes out there that know how they lift, which is great, but not every athlete lifts the same. Not every athlete moves the same, you know, and you, you've got to be able to portray these different elements to the, the fans listening or watching. And I think yeah, and that's plus the people that are listening aren't all strongman competitors or exactly even, that. you know, they could just be like, you know, someone's mom watching the competition, whatever, has I mean, no idea what's going on. You know, and we, like, we, so, you know, for you to be able to kind of, you know, bridge that gap between the complete, you know, novice or noob kind of thing into that world championship or the, you know, whatever it is, really, really helps for sure. I think one of the hardest things was to be okay with repeating myself a lot, because if you say, like I did the, um, the world's the ultimate strongman feats of strength, and it was like a weekly, you know, commentary show that we were doing. And you almost feel like you're dumbing things down because you, you know, you're not talking, everyone that you're talking to isn't a pro strongman or a pro right. powerlift or someone that lifts at an elite level. A lot of them are just genuine, you know, just fans that enjoy watching on a weekend so mm. they don't understand these intricacies that we kind of just take for granted so you've got to break things down make people understand why people are putting wrist straps on why people are using belts why people are you know in strongman why they can use wrist straps instead of like the power lifters that have to hold a bar without straps just silly little things that to us are kind of you know normal but to people watching they're, they're like oh okay that makes sense and you know if you can portray those things in an interesting way with a bit of you know enthusiasm i think it, it goes a long way yeah i think another thing too that really helps you out is that having liz on your channel right your wife who you know has a different side of things right she's the the spouse that was at the events and watching and you know came into you know your relationship not being a strongman fan or any of that kind of stuff so she kind of gives that insight of like okay, yeah, well, you're explaining this, but like, no one knows what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> like yeah. you need to, like you said, dumb it down or whatever too. And then obviously the dynamic of you two on the YouTube together is pretty, pretty awesome too, which is great. Yeah, she, she's brilliant. And she's brought a, a real new element to, to the channel. You know, she's, she's naturally very funny and, and I'm more relaxed having someone to talk to. 
I mean, I'm sure you guys have done it yourself. When you're presenting on your own, right. you kind of you, you <laughs> kind of feel the dead space in your head. Yeah. And stuff like it's that. awkward <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Like, in reality, it's just a second, but you, it feels like a minute or something in your head. Yeah. But um, with someone to bounce back and forth off, it makes so much. You know, it makes it so much easier. And she, she just brings a different element. I mean, we, we get so many more females coming to watch the channel now because she's on there. And then, you know, I, I get guys messaging me saying, oh, it's great. You know, I can sit and watch your channel with my missus. And, you know, it, it's bringing more and more people, hopefully, to the sport, which is our, our main goal um, to keep it growing. And, and, you know, not just strongman, but all the strength sports and obviously grow the channel as much as we can. Yeah, it's something to say, too, when you're doing the commentary um, to your point, when you know the competitors, storylines make a big deal. Like we have the Olympics on right now and um, they're, I mean, I, the viewership's not great, but I also leading into it, didn't get the storylines that we used to get like Olympic hopeful coming out of the UK, I, Olympic I was, hopeful. I, was I don't know who's who. I'm like, what am I watching here? Right. I, I was saying this, I can't even remember I was talking to about it just the other day. We haven't, because of the way the world's been the last year and year and a half, we haven't had the build-up to the Olympics like we normally do. Yeah. You know, all these big events that are leading to the, this huge event haven't been happening. Athletes have just been, and also we've lost a lot of kind of big stars from a few years ago, particularly, you know, in the, in the UK, I'm sure it's the same over in, you know. The same Bolt's gone, Phelps is gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, big, the big kind of, you know, impressive names that we've known for, for a few years. It's kind of like a, a new breed. And because we haven't had that, year and a half or two years of building up these athletes, it does seem a little bit like that. You're like, well, who's this guy? <laughs> you know? it, um, and it takes, you need a, that's where you need someone presenting the storylines. Cause I mean, it's a great segue. Strongman's kind of in the same position now. You're gone, Thor's gone, Eddie's gone, you know, uh, Savik, it's like, we need, this is where someone like yourself is very important to actually start bringing storylines and be like, have you heard of this guy? This is why you gotta be interested in this guy. His storyline's fantastic. Like, it is important, you know? 100%, I mean, unless you are a hardcore lifting fan, watching someone lift something up and down again and again and again gets a bit boring. Yeah. You want to get behind the personalities. That's why guys like the Stoltmans are so popular. People right. buy into those two guys as people, not just as athletes. And, and that's why they get such a, a reception wherever they go. I, I know some incredible lifters that can lift ridiculous numbers. And the reality is no one cares because they have no personality. They don't respond to the crowd. They don't try and, you know, bring people into them. They're just like, I lift. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, and sure, they lift some incredible weights. But unless you are hardcore, you don't care so much about that. And yeah. it's, it's I mean, trying it's like, to, to make people understand, right, this guy's backstory is this, or, you know, this guy's come from, he was 600 pounds and he's dropped down to 300. <laughs> now he's one of the strongest guys, you know, just trying to get people's interest into the person. Then it's so much easier to sell the, the, the strength side of things. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, obviously, you know, Kaz Meyer and John Paul are two of the most popular strongmen of all time. Obviously, you know, well-deserved because they're, you know, won so many titles kind of thing. But like they were this, like the original, like, flair guys in the sport right the the smack in the head and the yeah, I'm biking and the screaming back and forth and you know all that stuff i mean john yeah the, yeah those guys were fantastic and that's kind of you know what you know some of the, the stoltmans and those guys are kind of, you know you know trying to element now and turn that into something like that 
um like uh who's evan right you know with the whole the, the wrestling stuff and yeah and, you know it's just fantastic and it makes you more interested in these guys instead of being like oh yeah here's so-and-so from you know wherever who oh yeah cool he's 400 kilos that's great but like he's like mm, okay thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's important for guys not to try and you know there's no need to try and copy someone else you know you you often see in in mma everyone's trying to be conor mcgregor right well <laughs> conor does conor great but it doesn't mean you should be conor you know you can you, you be yourself just try and hype it up a little bit just you know find what works for you um yeah i, I went through that you know phase of particularly early in strongman all i cared about was competing and winning you know I, I didn't i didn't think oh i've got to bring fans to the sport if i want to sort of make some money from this it was just like oh i should go to a show and you know prize money should be better well prize money is only going to be better if more people are coming to the show yeah, right. and a lot of a lot of athletes still don't realize that they're like you know i'm the best in the world why am i not getting paid well no one cares if no one's watching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need more people coming to these shows and the athletes need to help bring those fans in it's not just down to the promoters it's down to everyone working together and trying to build these sports because they, they are awesome sports we you know we all love them um but we need to to showcase the 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 talent that the athletes have and the personalities as well and to kind of move away from the non-lifters thinking we're a bunch of meatheads yeah it's it's a like a couple things lined up beautifully for obviously half Thor getting on game of Thrones as Holy smokes. Talk about uh, a, the right place, the right time. You're on the biggest show of all time. And in such an iconic character um, that, that stayed through all those seasons. But then you have somebody like Eddie Hall, who there's just some, some kind of charisma around him. Um, who do you think in terms of all the competitors you've gone against and you've gone against them all in your day, who do you think was the most charismatic and kind of commanded the crowd? You're like, God damn, he has them eating out of his hands right now. There's been a few. I mean, Jesse Marundi was a, a great character. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember Jesse. Yeah. He, he was really kind of, you know, he hyped up the crowd really well. God bless him. Um, Eddie was very, very smart. Eddie was the first guy in Strongman, probably like um, Hulk Hogan in wrestling. He, he kind of saw himself like Hulk Hogan. He was like, I am worth a lot more than I'm getting paid for. <laughs> you know, he, he kind of <laughs> truly believed it. And he understood that he had to create a brand. And he, he, he did it his way. And I, th I think a lot of us have to say thank you to him because he's brought so many people into the sport. Um, now, I'm totally different to Eddie. My personality is different. There's no point in me trying to be the bad guy, you know? Mm. Uh, I sound like an idiot if I go out there and do all the trash talking and, you know, it just doesn't work for me. So I had to find kind of what was good for me. Um, Half Thor is extremely gifted. Half Thor is a massive, massive man, you know, very imposing. When you see him in person, he's just an absolute giant. I remember the first time I saw him from a distance, he kind of looks in proportion. So you just think, oh, that's a big guy. And as he gets closer and closer, it's just like this bigger shadow. <laughs> he kind of, you know, gets, you kind of look at his forearms and his calves and stuff like that. They're just monstrous. He's just a, you know, perfect genetics to do this sport. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, we, I mean, him him next to like the rest of the strong men, you're like, okay, he's, you know, he's a big guy, right? And then like, you know, at the Arnold and you see him like kind of with the crowd or with the, like the, the normal people and you're like, holy smokes, yeah. like him and Brian, obviously, you know, the same. You're just like, what in God's name is the going on? The amount of people that come up to me and say, I'm so much bigger in real life because they're used to seeing me next to guys like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. you know, I, I look small next to Thor, but in reality, I'm a big dude. 
and <laughs> you're, you're way taller in real life. <laughs> the TV next to him, I just look like a midget. <laughs> it's a, and some of these guys have taken themselves, um, bringing a Brian out of their comfort zone. I remember watching him on literally a comedy improv show. Whose line is it anyway? This is going back some years. This is, I think he's still a hair at the time. Um, but he had won, I can't remember what world title, but he'd already won the world's strongest man. I can't remember which year it was, but totally out of this comfort zone, like com uh, sketch comedy, but improv going on a show like that. But he knew like, this is going to play well because I'm surrounded by professionals. I'm a monster of a man. Everybody's going to have a good time with me. I just got to hop in there. And he wasn't afraid to do that. Like I would, I, it wasn't like stand up comedy, but still he went way out of his comfort zone to do it. Um, to your point, when you realize I've got to reach a bigger audience, you have to do things like that. You know, like you were on Deal or No Deal, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I was indeed. Yeah, you, you have to kind of, you know, try and reach out. And, 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 you know, the more we can do that, the more, you know, if Brian goes on a TV show and brings a few fans in, if I can post something on YouTube and bring a few fans in, if Eddie can do things, and if we all work together and realize you know, the more people that are watching the sport is better for all of us, mm. then, you know, we're going to be in a good position. Sometimes I feel some people get a bit too kind of protective of their own little area within the sport. And, you know, strongman powerlifting as well. We've got so many federations and organizations that all want to do things their own way. They think their way is right. At the end of the day, we want more people coming to watch all of us. Yeah. And the more people that do, the, the more we can put prize money into, you know, events, the more coaches can work, nutritionists, you know, there's more jobs become available. The things that we do mean more because more people watch them. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so much, but I, I want the Stoltmans to get as big as possible because if I can talk about them and take a few of their fans to come over to my YouTube, you know, it's all good. Exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, when half the world ends up on game of Thrones, it helps the whole sport. The whole sport gets elevated. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can only be good for everybody. show of all time and you know probably one of the strongest men of all time is on there in an iconic role it's just pretty cool yeah 100 <laughs> uh in in from when you first started into when you just recently retired how have you seen the sport change because you've gone through you were around for tv era social media hits and we could talk about how that has been a game changer and some people take the social media like wildfire and become stars on our own to build the brands. And some people just, if you struggle with that, you will get left behind, you know, and um, how it can open doors and like how events have changed, competitors have changed. There's been a turnover, events get a lot heavier and just the standard and the whole, like some of the changes you've seen and felt over the years from when you started until now, if you could take us through a little bit what you noticed. Yeah, I mean, when I started Strongman, it literally was car park shows, in front of a few fr friends and family watching literally you know there was none of these arena shows or even even the world you know even the tv shows that were on i think it was a eurosport in europe um we had some shows on tv like terrestrial tv in the uk and we had world's strongest man on tv but there was a point that world's strongest man had been like put to some obscure tv channel yeah. it was getting you know really low views no one was interested in it um, the shows then in terms of weights were much, much lighter than they are now, which really makes me laugh because of the amount of times I see people saying, oh, last year's show was too light. Novikov is just like a, an athlete. He's not strong. You want to go watch some of the old world's strongest man shows where they were doing farmer's walk with like 
less than 200 pounds. <laughs> it looks like it looks like CrossFit compared to today. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the sport has got so much heavier. I think the Arnold's really pushed the weights up in terms yeah. of strongman. And then World's Strongest Man had to kind of copy. Um, and then we've got all the other shows that, you know, put on events. Um, I think athletes have become a lot more professional in that time period. You know, back then, yeah, you trained hard, but you kind of, you went and competed, you, you went and get drunk afterwards, had a good time yeah. because even at the international shows, you, you, you might be fighting for like a thousand bucks. So there, there wasn't really big money involved. It was just a, a, an opportunity to be on some obscure TV channel and, you know, do some strongman with your mates and, and go out and have a good time afterwards. And then you started to see the progress. I mean, you know, I've gone through the Marius Pujanowski, well, probably even before then, you know, you, you had like um, Sven Carlson and Magnus Samuelson, those kind of guys, then Marius Pujanowski, then sort of like the Zadrunas era, um, era um, Derek Poundstone yeah. and Brian Shaw kind of taking it on and Zadrunas and Brian having some epic battles. And then the likes of, you know, Thor, Eddie, Kiliushkovsky, Lysis, you know, I've seen some incredible, incredible athletes in the time that I've been doing Strongman. And you see... I, I've got to say, I mean, the battles between uh, Brian and Zadrunas, for me, those two are the top two strongmen that I've, you know, competed against. I think Half Thor in 2017 probably had the best, he's been the best strongman in one season that I've ever seen. That year, he was unbelievable. But for longevity, you have to give, you know, Brian and um, Zadrunas the title of greatest ever, just because, I mean, they're both still competing. Well, we'll <laughs> quick question, because we'll, we'll get back to it, because I know we didn't fully answer that one. But let me just, before we move on, like, okay, so this is interesting. Where would you put Pujanowski, who was in a different era, and things were different at the time? He was much smaller. It's a little more about athletic speed, et cetera, and you, you've kind of touched on that. So it's it's difficult to compare him in different eras. It's like comparing Sugar Ray Robinson in boxing to Floyd Mayweather in boxing when they're different eras. But how would you do that? And how would you place him? A, and then B, how can you do a top three and seed somebody when you could be like, look at Half Thor 2017, I think might be able to beat everybody. There's got to be something to be said for that. That's like a George yeah, Foreman that... effect. However, overall, does he beat out Big Z? Does he beat out, you know what I mean? Like there's overall how, like Shaw, who's got so many titles, like, so for me, your top three of all time, you still got to include Marius Pujanowski because he is the only five times World's Strongest Man winner. The fact is, in 2004, Zadrunas and Vasil Verastrik both beat Marius Pujanowski at World's Strongest Man. And then they moved over to IFSA. So there was a yeah. split in federations. And Zadrunas and Vasil dominated over there. Um, in fact, most of the athletes that were in the final of 2004 went to IFSA. And Marius won a few easy, not, not easy, you can only beat who's in front of you. Right. Saying easy is the wrong word, but there was a number of big athletes missing for a couple of years. And when Zadrunas came back, he was beating Marius. Um, Zadrunas is technically a six-time world champion. He won two IFSA world championships and four uh, World Strongest Man titles. He could have easily had six World's Strongest Man titles. So for me, that along with his longevity and the amount of world records he's broken, class him as the, as the greatest of all time. Brian and, uh, uh, Brian and um, Marius, 
you know, you've got four titles against five, but Brian went against Adrinus. <laughs> mm. So, he, you know, for me, the opposition was higher when Brian was winning his titles. This is, and when I say this, people kind of think I hate Maris. Maris was an incredible athlete. He was so determined. You know, he took the sport to a new level. He, he showed, you know, all of us what was potentially possible if you were willing to put the work in. And, you know, he was, he was an unbelievable athlete. Um, the drive to win on that man was incredible. But, you know, we've all got different ways of kind of judging. I, as good as I thought Thor was in, in that one year, I, I, I still believe if Thor wanted to, he could have gone on to be the greatest of all time. I think oh, wow. for, for various reasons of his own, he, he's focused on different things now. And, and, you know, as long as he's happy, that, that's great. But when you've got a guy like Zadrunas and Brian that stick with the sport no matter what, mm -hmm. they are genuine, you know, strong men. They're not guys that care about becoming famous or celebrities. They, they are strong men first and foremost. And they've proven it against every era that they've competed in. I mean, Zadrunas has competed against everyone. <laughs> you know, yeah. Almost as far back as, as Kaz. <laughs> His career has been going on so long. And, and he just got steadily better and better and better. I mean, for me, personally, I don't like seeing Zadrunas compete now because... I remember Zadrunas in his prime as the guy I used to compete against. And, you know, he, the bastard stopped me winning a number of international shows. <laughs> I was second in so many shows to that man. And I, eventually I started beating him, but it was like I, was, I wasn't beating him. He was past his prime mm. and it, it used to actually upset me. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're the greatest of all time. You know, you still, he, he can still compete tomorrow and be at 80% of his best. And he's still a great strongman, but he's not the guy that he was back in you know 2010 that, that kind of you know time period um so for and me, he's I doing the, he's doing the whoosh show up in uh, in florida coming up right doing, doing more classic he's doing a few big oh, the shows. Shot too right yeah yeah so he's got some big events and you know i would love it if he proved me wrong and goes there and wins it but eventually you know father time catches up with us all of course and of course it's he, like the it's almost like wayne gretzky who uh he was, he's the all-time great. Look, I'm Canadian. Sorry, forgive me for the hockey reference. But uh, he said near the end, like, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. He's the, we, in hockey, he's dubbed the great one. And yeah. near the end, he's pushing 40. It was not the same man. And people like, when are you going to retire? Because there's a couple moments in the mid, middle of the ice, he would get undressed, as they say, where young guys skate, deeks by him. That's, that's fucking Wayne Gretzky. You just did that too. And some people on that kid's team would be like, you don't do that to Wayne. You just pass it off. You don't address <laughs> him like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you said, where you're like, you, it hurts you. Even if you're playing against the person and Wayne said, you got to tear this Jersey off my back. If, if uh, you, they got to cut me, you know, uh, obviously Michael Jordan kept playing right up until he's 40 Muhammad Ali. We don't even need to talk about it hurts. Right. So not everybody goes out like that, like in their prime, but at the same time, there's, if you do what you love, he, he's like you said already, he's a strong man yeah. through and through. He doesn't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah. I love it. You know, and there's something awesome. I, I, I massively respect it. I mean, you know, Andy Bolton's the same. Andy Bolton's still doing powerlifting competitions now. And for me, Andy's, you know, the greatest deadlifter of all time in his prime. You know, he was unbelievable. And, and I went and beat him in a powerlifting, you know, in a deadlift show. That was disappointing for me again because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was guys like you're the best. But at the same time, I do respect the fact that he just loves doing it. Right. I, I've got total respect for that. I just, you know, last weekend competing at the Royal Albert Hall was great in so many ways, but I know I'm miles from my best. 
Mm. And that hurts because I know at my absolute prime, I could have won that show. It was, you know, for different reasons that I did it, but that's the reason also that is the last show. I, I don't want to be someone that makes up numbers. People have said to me, oh, why don't you do the masters, you know, next year when you can do that? I don't want to compete in the old man class. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm probably offending a lot of the older guys now, but. Maybe, yeah, us too. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> masters, but that's okay. I got gotcha. you. The thing is, I could I could go to powerlifting, I could go to arm wrestling, I compete as a master, no problem. The fact is, in strongman, I was one of the best in the world in my prime. Yeah. I competed at the elite level against the best guys in the world. I don't want to go and do strongman at a slightly lower level. I would rather start a different sport that I wasn't world-class in and just have fun as a newbie and as a novice. So... You know, I might do a powerlifting competition at a lighter body weight. I might do some arm wrestling. I want to do some, you know, traditional stone lifting and stuff like that. Just fun challenges for myself. But the strongman side of things, I have to kind of cap it. Because for me, or I mean, you know, for anyone, like if you're a 400 kilo deadlifter and you go and deadlift 300 kilos, there's people that are going to say, oh, that's awesome. 300 kilos is brilliant. But for you personally, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've got no interest in being like 80% of what I used to be able to do. You had mentioned earlier when we we're talking about the all-time greats about Pudzianowski. Um, I, I do remember, like I remember him against uh, Derek Poundstone at the very end and obviously slapping his shoulders and he, like, I, like, he was charismatic. He was bodied up, looked like a flipping superhero. Um, and he was that guy that helped elevate it to your point where he was bigger than just the numbers. Um, I remember in the deadlift competition, I, I, I don't know who it was he's facing. It was for reps, but he was like looking in camera, like, I'll show you who's number one with this yeah. thick <laughs> accent into the camera, like, like a WWF WWE type guy. Like, uh, so he was confident. <laughs> he was like, it hadn't started and he was already saying, I'm about to whoop this guy's ass. Yeah. And he was talking. Um, the one thing that would go against them as well, like how much do you also put in? Cause we were talking earlier about who won world's strongest man titles, but the Arnold classic really did change the game quite a bit. Didn't it? Where it, it showed this is all strength, not just athletic. It, there's some athletic portions to the Arnold classic, but it becomes now when people talk about the all time greats, they're like, like, cause Pusinowski would show up and he could not win the Arnold classic. And, um, that hurt that hurt in terms of the standing, like, got you 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 look a little limited now compared to somebody who's could win all of them you know win europe win worlds this, and win arnold classic what are your thoughts exactly, on that? this is exactly something i try and kind of get across when i talk about who's the greatest if you just take tennis as an example you know tennis has four grand slams you could be a five-time winner of wimbledon but right. never have won anything else can you go down as the greatest of all time you know, when someone else has won every single major that, that there is to win multiple times. And for me, you've got, you've got to be able to, strongman is a, is a weird sport because the, the name is, is deceiving. You mm. know, people just think world's strongest man. But the fact is in most strongman competitions, you've got two events that require static strength. And then the rest are a combination of speed and mobility and, you know, various different skills that, that you need to be a good all round strength athlete. Guys like Zadrunas have won everything. Guys like, you know, Brian Shaw, Thor, they've won everything. Mm -hmm. Every major title there is to win, they have won. Marius was a great strongman, but he could never do it in certain types of competitions. So when it was really heavy, 
he wasn't as good. It's like playing on clay and not being as good, you know, or playing right. on grass and not being as good. You, you kind of have to be good at everything to be seen as the greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just to explain to everybody, everyone listening real quick. So the, because of the Arnold classic, they do everything on a stage. It's maybe like a, you know, 15 to 20 meter stage. Everything is just so much heavier than uh, a lot of the other competitions because they have a lack of space. So they have to make up for that. Um, whereas, you know, World's Strongest Man or any of these other arena events are going to be, you know, have much more space. So there's a lot more movement involved, you know, where it would be like a, you know, a 50 foot walk or with a yoke or something like that. So it would be a lighter event. So it would actually, which a lot of people say, you know, helps the, the faster guys, not necessarily the stronger guys or the better athletes kind of thing. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the thing is, the Arnold's made the rest of the competitions up their level, to be to be honest. Right. You know, a lot of the, the one-day shows and the other the shows ended up being a lot heavier. But when you look at, let's take Brian Shaw as a good example. He would train specifically for the shows that he had coming up. And this is, this is another thing. When you look at great athletes across the board, a great athlete is a great athlete. And they can usually transition their ability to train for anything, it, you know. Um, well, uh, an example, I, I used to be a really good sprinter and people would look at me and think this guy can't sprint. You know? <laughs> I was about to say my man, if, uh, you, know, <laughs> you must three, look different three, at the time. <laughs> three, 340, 40 pound guy. This guy can't sprint, but over short distance, I can sprint. Oh, wow. Maybe not so much now, but you know, a few years ago, I, I could, I could run pretty fast and, and it would always shock people. They're like, how can this guy be so fast? Now, if I transitioned my training to focus solely on sprinting, I could have been a good sprinter. But my focus was being a good all-round strongman. So as, a, as an athlete, you transition your training to be specific to what you're focusing on. You know, my, my goal is now I'm going to bring my body weight down and try and focus on different things. But people sort of perceive people by the way they look at a certain time. Brian Shaw at 200 kilos, 440 40 pounds, is not going to be a great swimmer. <laughs> you know? right. But he's training for something specific. If he wanted to, he could have been a great basketball player. You know, he's got history in that. He's come from other sports. Most of the great athletes are good at different sports from a a younger age. And and you see them suddenly find out what they want to focus on. I mean, Eddie Hall was a great swimmer. Right. And then it was like, right, I want to be world's strongest man. I'm going to get massive and put all my emphasis on being as big and strong as possible. It's, you've seen it with Thor now. He's kind of getting fit and healthy and, you know, looks good. And, you know, he's not the 200 kilo guy that was pulling 501 you know, a year ago, he, he's looking fit and healthy and he's transitioned the way he, he trains. We all train for what we do specifically to be as good as possible. And sometimes that means sacrificing in other areas. But most of the top level athletes, whether it's powerlifting, strongman or whatever, if they wanted to, can be good at other sports. It's just making sure they, they train in a certain way for, for a certain period of time. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> you talk about the other sports too, because like, you know, with our, our age group, obviously strongman didn't really exist when we were in our team or it did, but like there was no, it wasn't available for, at least it wasn't here in the States. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, the first competition I ever did, I was probably like, you know, 24, 25 years old. Right. Whereas, you know, some of these kids now are doing stuff. I mean, look at like Jerry Pritchard's kid for God's sake, like he's growing up on this stuff. Right. (laughs) I mean, um, but like, you know, everyone evolved from a different sport. Like you said, like Thor and Brian did basketball and, you know, you know, Eddie did swimming, whatever, whatever it is, um, you know, they transition from something into strongman, whereas now you're going to start having people do strongman as teenagers and yeah. transition to that. And you're going to see like a complete, like, yeah. I mean, the, the levels is going to keep growing and growing and growing. Right. 
That's a lot like MMA, actually. Uh, that's a good point, Bill, where previously, historically speaking, people would come from wrestling, come from jujitsu, come from. But and nowadays, MMA has grown big enough that people are, no, you at 13, you're doing straight up MMA classes where um, and, and now we're seeing people level up in all types of new sophistication towards their skill set, where it might be to Bill's point, the same thing where, no, you're not coming from swimming, basketball, like Thor and, and Eddie, um, you're coming into strongman because you grew up watching Thor on Game of Thrones. You grew up watching Eddie Hall and following him on social media. So you're, you don't have to find it when you're 24, you're finding it absolutely. at 14. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, MMA, is a great example of that. It was very similar to Strongman. It was just a bunch of different types of fighters put right. together, see who's the best. Right. Strongman originally was like, let's get a few powerlifters, a few weightlifters, a few bodybuilders, yeah. a few NFL players, and chuck them in to do to do this sport. Whereas now, people train for MMA. People train for Strongman. And I think we're going to keep seeing that standard get higher and higher athletes become a lot more specific take things a lot more seriously we're learning things all the time in terms of nutrition from other sports movement patterns technical improvements you know we're, we're improving in every single area um so let's clear up because we kind of glossed over what is your top three or four do you think if you had to on the spot if i had to be put on the spot my, for, for me zadrunas is number one brian is number two um then i probably have marius still at number three uh then maybe this is when it gets a bit more you know i need to sit down and think about it but if i'm just <laughs> going on i'm going to put bill kazmaier at number four because bill was just immense probably one of the few guys from back in those days that statically could still compete with the guys today um, <laughs> and was banned from competing for a few years so god knows how many titles he could have won <laughs> that's true and then you know, I, I love guys like Magnus Fur Magnuson, John Paul Sigmason. Yeah. Um, I said that Thor, you know, in 2017 was probably the, the greatest ever. I'd have to probably put Magnus or um, John Paul Sigmason in because they're both four-time world champions, you know, world's strongest man winners. Uh, and for me, just, it's still the biggest title. And back then there wasn't so many, you know, big other titles to win. So I'd, I'd have to go with one of those guys. I love hearing the story about Magnus's first title where he was like the equipment tester and yeah. someone got hurt and he just kind of stepped in the fill in what? the spot. And he I didn't know that. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. He just kind of stepped in. I mean, he'd been competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, you of know. course. But, but um, it was an amazing, not many people can do that. <laughs> and win their first world strongest man. So just to piggyback off of the world's strongest man um, question, who do you think the top two or three in the UK all time are? because mm. <laughs> you went against them <laughs> so let's just, got, let's just you, we'll take you out we'll take you out of it so you know, or, or let's put you in it maybe if you want <laughs> if you want to put you in it you do that too how's that no i i wouldn't put myself in there i mean technically I, I am second all time of international wins as a british athlete behind okay. jeff capes so jeff capes won 10 international titles i've won eight um, and that's second all time out of any British athlete, but I never won world's strongest man. So, uh, I take myself out of that equation. I think, you know, Jeff Capes, two time world's strongest man winner. He was one of the guys along with Jean Paul and Bill Kazmaier that really helped the sport grow. I mean, single-handedly, even now, 
If you ask someone on the street about Strongman, they will mention Jeff Capes. Is that right? So, I, I mean, I know he had, he's a, got... he had a video game, didn't he? He had a video game. No! Yeah. I know he was, look, I know he's big people who, like, he had a whole career as a shot putter in the Olympics. He had a doc, he had a, a book he wrote called Mr. Big Shot. Like, we forget, like, he was a star, but he's from yesteryear. So people forget how big he was before he got into Strongman. Yeah. And then when he got into Strongman, like, the king is dead and he comes back, the king is, you know, still back or still alive or whatever. Like, he had some iconic moments, but... I love that people would still know who he is. Is this like in the UK? He's still a name. Jeff Capes became like a real, he was a real celebrity in the UK. You know, he used to do a lot of pantomime stuff. No he shit. used to, I don't know if you know about him and the budgies. He kind of, he's a budgie breeder. So <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> got this huge, big monster of a man, two times world's strongest man winner. And then these tiny little budgies that he's breeding. It just makes a memorable story and right. we kind of spoke about you know standing out and doing something different well you know it, it worked well for for jeff jeff and he was in all sorts of things you know back in his prime so i'd say jeff number one um just because of the the, the recent things that he's done for the sport and you know he won well to, to kind of kind of put your put, put it out there and say you're going to win world's strongest man uh achieve your goals and you know, break the 500 kilo barrier. I think you've got to have Eddie Hall in the top three. And for me personally, um, this might surprise a lot of people, but I put Terry Hollands in there as the as top three of all time. Two times on the podium at World's Strongest Man. Uh, someone that without question, without Terry, I wouldn't have been as good as I am or, or as good as I got because he was my sort of biggest rival and him being good pushed me to be better. He mm. was, you know, I think nine times in the final at World's Strongest Man. He's competed there many times. He's, a, again, you know, a regular face, someone that people associate the sport with. So that, that would be my top three. And he's also completely done a transformation on his body. And it looks extremely... Nice. He, looks awesome. Approaching middle age and the guy never looked better. You know, <laughs> I don't know what his secret is. He's, he's hustling hard and changed it around. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. And, and I, we were actually talking early before we kind of dove off on here. Um how the sport has changed since you began. I wanted to get into how you felt, you know, we saw some booms in strongman popularity. Okay. So obviously in the Kazmar era, and then he went into, he diverged off into like pro wrestling. His personality was amazing for it. Um, and Jeff Capes came in from like, he already had like the Olympic in the shop put and was already like a celebrity. The Olympics are huge, especially in that era, the Olympics, right? Far fewer sports online, far fewer channels. So, the importance of the Olympics, we were just talking earlier, it kind of helps, but isn't quite as big. This era of generation wouldn't know how big the Olympics was in yesteryear when there's fewer options to watch on television. And it was just everywhere in the newspapers and all the media. And he was a star with like books out and on television appearances when he came into Strongman, very big deal. And then obviously showing up and, uh, and showing out. But um, in this era, we saw another boom. You know, with the, with Thor and Eddie Hall, and what do you attribute that to? Is social media played an aspect of it, or is it just a bit of luck? Where like boxing with Muhammad Ali, where hey, we got lucky that Ali probably could have done any sport. We got lucky he chose boxing. Like, what do you attribute the second boom that we've seen? I think um, social media has played a huge part in strongman. I mean, we see it particularly with the female side of the sport. Uh, when I started. Literally, there was, they used to run Britain's Strongest Woman. Two girls turned up. That mm. was it. Two girls. There was no weight classes. It was just, you know, two girls would turn up for 
the biggest show, Britain's Strongest Woman. <clears throat> Whereas now, almost every weekend, there is a contest happening with, you know, the whole show is sold out with athletes competing in various different weight classes, uh, men's, females, masters classes, junior classes. There's just so many more people interested in the sport. It's now as if, I don't know what it's like in the States, but, you know, soccer is huge in the UK, football, um, as we call it. Right. <laughs> um, and plenty of people play Sunday league football. They're not pros. They just enjoy playing. And we have so much more of that now in Strongman. You have people that they like to train. They know they're never going to be the world's strongest man, but there is now an opportunity for them to compete, whether it's a different weight class, whether it's a different category. So they have like novice, intermediate, you know, open level. There's more options for people to compete. When I started, it was just opens. There was a few like lightweight categories or so under 105. Uh, what's that? Two, uh, 231 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was it. You know, I, yeah. I, I went to, to shows and, you know, there was no... In gyms, there was no loadable equipment. You might find somewhere that had a yoke and it was 800 pounds. Mm. You couldn't drop the weight down. It was just 800 pounds. And, you know, if you can't lift it, you can't lift it. So you, <laughs> yeah. only, you only really got the freaks doing strongman. Whereas now, plenty of people, fighters use strongman training to, to help improve their strength and conditioning. Other athletes are uh, incorporating strongman work into their training because now gyms have loadable equipment. You know, the, the social media side of things and CrossFit as well, have helped massively because there's athletes from CrossFit. They're like, Oh, I like the strength side of things. I'm going to focus on strongman. And you know, the, then the, the incredible amount of information that's out there now, I mean, you guys posting videos almost every day on some of the best lifters in the world. It's inspiring to people. People can pick up tips. They learn things so much easier. Whereas back then you had to listen to the guy in the gym. You know, yeah, half the time right. the guy in the gym didn't really know what he's talking yeah. about. 20 yeah. years ago, I was bench pressing this much. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I remember when I first went into the gym and some, you know, and bless them, they, they, they wanted to help. But now that I look back, they didn't really know what they were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's not me being mean. It's just, we've, we've learned no. over the years, you know, now, I mean, I, I coach and I've, I've learned so much that I did wrong in the early days. <laughs> you know it's yeah. it's amazing when you look back and think damn what the hell was i doing <laughs> yeah the sport both sports powerlifting and strongman i 100 can feel that where you look back like the the dissemination of information in terms of like training protocols and, and like even technical work um it's hard to like there's no secrets now you know, it comes out, people could study your film if you don't put it out. And then if you put it out, you can monetize it. So it's like, well, you know, you can make a little money if you do this this yeah. way. So it becomes, uh, in the end, the standard rises. And then with the um, expansion of social media um, and more people getting involved, the talent pool gets bigger. So then the standard rises all over again. So then it becomes, that's when you start seeing these implements got to get heavier and heavier, uh, more freaks from different sports. You would have shown chosen american football now you're choosing strongman yeah you know why yeah. would you ever pass up american football if you're a 300 pound whatever man for strongman well you want to know why i'm looking at half thor i'm looking at 80 these guys are celebrities these guys are so it isn't like crazy like why would you pass that up the thing is now it's actually possible to do it and and yeah. be good at it and make a living whereas back then it wasn't you know the, if you wanted to make money you'd be a fool to do strongman <laughs> back, right. back, or powerlifting or any of these kind of sports. Whereas now you're not going to make a living through prize money, but 
there is so many more opportunities now that are, are coming our way. And hopefully they keep growing and the sports keep growing. And, and like you say, the information is out there. We're all learning from each other. We're all developing. We're, we're all improving. I think the only, the only negative is that when you kind of flick on social media, you go on Instagram or something like that, and you start scrolling and you follow literally all the top lifters in the world, for the average person, it can make them feel very, very weak. It might when actually push them away. As someone who was getting interested in me, like, oh, fuck me. That's, I can't, the, that's not the me. Real, the reality is, you know, these people aren't weak, but they're looking at the elite level in every sport. You kind of flick through, you've got kind of, the, you know, the pro strongmen. You've got these ridiculously incredible powerlifters of, of various weight classes that are lifting, you know, world record numbers. But people need to understand it should always be about your own progress use these people as inspiration don't kind of let what they're doing put you off what you're doing use it as inspiration and focus on your own progress i've always focused on my own progress i sometimes when i get close to a competition i mute other athletes especially if i'm competing against them just because i then need to get my head in the zone of right i need to focus on what i'm doing and last weekend i beat a few guys that were lifting a lot more than me in the gym mm. so you know, you've, you've got to, it's all about peaking at the right time and performing on the day still. It doesn't matter what people do in the gym. That's, that's irrelevant. But try and take motivation from what these people are doing. Try and learn from them and just focus on you getting better. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things as like a powerlifting coach myself is just dealing with, you know, so, you know, obviously with you guys in World's Strongest Man and these, these big events, like you don't have the you know, above average, you know, strong men competing against you guys head to head. Whereas our national championship, you know, might have 30 people in the same weight class. So, you know, all of a sudden you're up there and it's, you know, Ray Williams and then, you know, my guy and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it makes it a lot worse. Like you said, like, like it's hard to, like, like you were saying, like you can't just idolize the guy because he's legitimately your direct competition at nationals. Right. Mm -hmm. So it does make it a lot worse in that sense. And plus then like, you know, when you have different people in different parts of their peak and that kind of stuff for different competitions, like, oh, well, she's doing this much. How come I'm not doing this much? And I, I get, like, I get that from athletes. Well, can oh, I, can of I, course. Because he went for such as I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your damn plan. <laughs> yeah. Comparison. And these people, uh, to Bill's point, started somewhere as well. You're seeing the finished product at the end of the road. They're not an overnight, they're a 10 year overnight success. You just found so, out about them recently. Again, you know, for some people, you have to understand that genetics play a massive role. Uh, well, you that's know, fair not too. everyone, <laughs> not everyone can be a world record holder. And I think people get it in some sports, but in lifting sports, people don't seem to get it. Mm. They're like, you know, well, if that guy can lift a thousand pounds, why can't I? That's like saying, you know, why can't I kick a football like Ronaldo? <laughs> yeah. yeah or swim like phelps yeah it isn't in yeah, the cards but if that's kind of like where you have to enjoy the process if you were just in it for the end game it, you have to enjoy the you're going to spend far more time in the gym working on your craft than you are that one single day and if that one single day either validates or takes away everything you did in a gym you just lost six months training for that that's six months of your life all those yep. hours like take out what you put in in there and just like enjoy the process of it. And you got stronger that one single day shouldn't validate or take away everything you've done. I, I was talking to some, one of my clients actually the other day, because she's scared to compete in a contest and she, she, what she's scared of is coming last. And I said to her, 
I've come last in a competition before. Many times I've come last. I've come first in a competition before. I've probably placed every position you can think of at some point in a contest. I don't, at the end of my career, look back and think, oh, damn, that last place was, you know, the worst thing ever. I just learned from it at the time. That's mm. all I've ever tried to do at a competition is have fun, learn from it, move on to the next thing. If you can learn from those negatives, you, know, you don't even have to take them as negatives. They're just a learning process. Enjoy what we're doing focus on your progress and come back better next time then you that's all we can do the, the problem is everyone wants to be the absolute best which isn't a problem in itself but when when you don't achieve those goals and you let that then dictate what you're going to do over the next you know six the amount of people that are, oh i'm shit i'm giving up so you've had one setback if i <laughs> if i after every single you know if, if i gave up after my first setback or after my hundredth setback i would never have become the europe's strongest man i would never have won the world ultimate strongman world championships i wouldn't have broken world records you have to every single athlete out there has had negatives happen to them there's not one guy i know or girl that has just always won everything that they did and you know been been amazing it takes time to progress no one's just born lifting 500 kilos <laughs> right rob years Curie was on years here. Of, oh sorry were you gonna i was just saying it takes years and years of you know hard work and grafting and improving and eating and training and, you know it's it's about doing these things every day and if you can't enjoy it then i would say don't do it because it's a tough sport you know all these things they, they are tough putting yourself under ridiculous weights and trying to get crushed by them mm. <laughs> you know, unless it's kind of stupid really it's it's it is a it's like a lifestyle or a self improvement that like you are guaranteed start hitting weights you will get stronger you will improve use that as a motivator and then your meet day your competition day is to test it Rob Kearney was on here now he's on Joe Rogan and, and doing all these things that he's like do you understand how many I lost so many, I was dead last he goes my goal after like coming in dead last so many times was i just don't want to scratch on like damn near everything he goes i just don't want to scratch on everything just let me just just let me get one rep in and he goes then my goal became all right let me actually beat somebody in one event and this is like the smallest of goals just one event let me fucking get one in on somebody and then he's like all right I'm going to come in second last overall. And he's like, yes. it's like 15 competitions deep. I'm like, how long does this last? He goes, for a long time. He's like, for, for a long, I had no reason to continue in this. He's like, I was like, no, and then now obviously he's breaking records and he's, he's all over the place. So um, yeah, it's just something about like your, your, your goals are yours. That's yours. Exactly. It's, a, it's a personal thing. Um, and you can't totally, no matter what anyone watching, you're a million times stronger than them. Like who's going to talk shit about this lady when she's probably way stronger than all their, all of her friends. They're going to be like, my God, you're, you're a Titan. Don't worry about it. Don't feel too, any two ways about it. You're going against other Titans. Uh, it's, it's absolutely true. It's, it's why I always tell people, just focus on your own goals, have those, you know, limitless ultimate goals, but the short term, like with Rob, don't come dead last on. Yeah. Event. Yeah. I yeah, like so, that. It's great. The mini goals. You, you achieve that goal, right? I'm going to come, you know, mid table somewhere and then right. I'm going to come top three and, you know, just steadily keep progressing up, keep getting better. You know, if it's, I've deadlifted 300 pounds, well, let's deadlift 310 pounds, then 320 pounds. Just keep setting these goals, make them realistic, break them down because the problem with unrealistic goals is then you try and push too hard. Mm. And this is a, a 
massively common mistake I'm sure all of us have seen many, many times. I, I even get good guys come up to me. And, you know, I had someone the other day, he's a 300 kilo deadlifter. He's like, what's the chances of me deadlifting 350 by the end of the year? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Can we focus on 310? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's shit. You know, I'll get a new coach. All right, get a new coach. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> another thing where you get put on the spot. And you're like, do you want me to feed you sunshine or should I kick yeah. it to you for real? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty brutal with people. I, you know, the, the, the focus is always, right, let's get you better. Let's not have those ultimate goals. And if you go and exceed your expectations, even better. But you're better off kind of underplaying a little bit and overachieving than mm-hmm. trying to overachieve and then underachieving. Because then that mental battle of, you know, I'm, I failed, I kind of right. feel useless, that all kicks in. So I would always rather try and make it a bit safer. And then you overachieve than, than the other way. How do you feel about this? So we, we were talking about yesteryear, some of these strong men with like dynasties, they've been holding like, like a, or, or, or rivals going back and forth, um, like Zedrunas and, and Shaw. And, and even yesteryear, we've seen a lot of that. But lately we've seen um, like, for instance, Thor and Eddie um, look, win one off, use the notoriety, move on and, and bless them. Uh, who knows what they're facing in terms of injuries or what have you. And they got to move on for health reasons. It could be, but what are your thoughts on that using like, I'm going to, my goal is let me get one, use that notoriety and then expand into whether it's boxing matches. We could talk about that or movies or what have you. I think we're going to see more of that as the, the sports progress. I, I honestly, I think people are pushing to extreme levels now and it's, you know, it's going to shorten careers. You're not going to have the, the likes of a Zadrunas that competes over, I think he's in his 30th year which is mm, ridiculous. You know? <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot more people have a, a much shorter window of say four to five years at the top and then, you know, either move on because they have to or just finish because they, they want to. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that's going to come down to the standard improving. People are going to have to push harder and the body just cannot cope with, with that kind of impact for, for too long. If you look at Zadrunas, it was a lot more steady. You know, back when he was winning his first major titles, people were deadlifting 360 kilos. Now, if you don't deadlift 400 kilos, you shouldn't even be at the competition. You're a bum. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's the opening um, weight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a strongman comp, often there's a, it can be the opening weight in, in, in a number of shows that I've seen. And that's just one event. So <laughs> it's, um, I think we are going to see more people. I know I spoke to Bobby Thompson, and he's very much, he wants to win one World's Strongest Man title, then he wants to do CrossFit amazing kind of transition to you know to go into but and do you think it's something with the americans and the and the and the 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 english and like as opposed to like maybe the uh the eastern europeans is be a little bit different there because i guess we we would have more of a you know way into live stream media kind of thing as opposed to like uh zadrunas who really didn't and obviously there's a language barrier too and someone like you know kilikovsky or something like that too does that make you know do you think anything about that absolutely i I think a lot of guys you know let's take eddie as an example i think eddie loved i think he he didn't love strongman like say brian loves strongman you know i don't don't think eddie i'm not saying he doesn't love strongman by the way right he does Mm -hmm. but there's extremes to, to these kind of things. I think Eddie has always had a plan to become famous. You know, I think that is more important to him than just winning titles. So he will set himself a goal, right? I want to break 500 kilos. Everything goes into that. 
one of the world's strongest man. Everything goes into that. Once he achieves those goals, he moves on. And now it's, you know, he's focused on other things. He's got his fight with Thor. He's focused on businesses, being a celebrity, you know, acting, things like that. So he, he's moving on. Whereas someone like Zadrunas, it's just strongman. And, and you do see that with a lot of the Eastern European guys. But you see it with, you know, Euro- European and, and Americans as well. There's, there's plenty of guys out there. I'm Brian Shaw. Although Brian's transitioned well into other things, he's still very much, he's the world's strongest man. That's his. Yeah, but his I was just saying, like, I feel like the opportunity for like Brian, if he wanted to do other things and yeah, once he's done, right. I mean, he could probably, well, I'm sure he can get into some sort of movies as a giant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're that big, you're going to, you're going to get cast for, for certain roles. So <laughs> it, it is a, to your point, it is uh, bill, but like when you're um, like for him to just jump in there on that comedy show, I'd said earlier, or I see him in a video with a uh, UFC Dustin Poirier who, who beat McGregor two times yep. previous. Like it's just, it is. Um, and, and when you grew up in the U S I think culturally, uh, you know, further expanding on what Bill was saying there and probably in the UK, you're the sports you grew up on probably aren't necessarily strong, man. Like when you're a little kid, you might've found strong man later in life. So when you're kind of like Eddie and you're like, okay, it's almost an avenue to go back to what I was going to, as a little kid, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be in movies. I wanted to be so like a fighter maybe, or whatever. And you strong, man, almost like a pathway. Whereas in maybe in the Eastern European nations, um, you know, certainly the sports are a little different. Uh, the movie stars and whatnot, you're not going to be the next. Well, maybe not in, in, in some of the Eastern Europeans, maybe the middle East countries, you get a lot of government support for strength sports, right? They're, they, they kind of, you know, they, they, they really look at strength sports highly. Whereas in America, Canada, UK, no one gives a fuck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember I went to the middle East and uh, I was out in Iran, actually uh, trained with some of the local guys out there and real good athletes. And they had a government training center. So the government have paid them to have this training center equipped with everything that you could think of. And they're, they're coming to me and said, oh, we'd love to come over to the UK and train at your gym. It must be amazing. I was training, <laughs> I was training in a shed. A shed that me and a couple of mates had kind of paid for. We put some equipment in there, but it was all coming out of our own money. You know, we were funding it ourselves. These guys had this government building funded for them and they think that we get what we get is better. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I, th- I think we've just got more opportunities in the other areas, you know, um, right. with, with things like social media, et cetera. That's where things are a lot better for us. Right. And who do you think, seeing as how we've had a, a bit of turnover with winning the title and we haven't had necessarily this dynasty come up, who do you think is next? Who's next in line that you see on the come up in all well, but you know, I'll let you answer this first, and so maybe I'll expand afterwards, depending on what you say. <laughs> I, I really think we're in for a few years of, of various different winners uh, in Strongman. I think we've got a real competitive few years coming up. I mean, I'm quite excited to see Kiliuskowski come back because yeah. I genuinely believe he's one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope he can come back to 100% from this tricep issue. Uh, you know, other than is he doing Jacksonville also? Is he doing the WUS event? He is, yeah, yes, cool. He's definitely, he's de- that's going to be his return show. So nice, be really cool to see what kind of shape he's in. Uh, excited to see Liss is coming back as well. Um, oh, is he okay? Because I know he was, I wasn't sure about that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so he's coming back for the Rogue Invitational, I think. Um, is his planned kind of comeback show. 
And then we've got like a whole host of awesome up and coming youngsters with a few experienced guys still in there. So you've got like, you know, JF Caron, Brian Shaw, uh, Jerry Pritchett still turns up and, you know, on his day is, is awesome. But then these new guys, I really rate Bobby Thompson. I think he's, he's looking really good. Maxime Boudreaux from Canada. He impressed me at Worlds this year. Uh, Trey Mitchell is impressive. Obviously Novikov. I mean, people were writing Novikov off because he didn't make the final. He comes back and, and smashes the show, the Giants live show last week. Uh, he's already won a number of international shows. He's still only 25 years old as well. Mm, yeah. You know, let's give the kid a break. Okay, he had a bad, a bad show, but it was a tough, tough group that he had. Um, Tom Stoltman has potential to, to go on and win, you know, a number of titles. There's a guy called Luke Richardson in the UK who's very, very... We know him from powerlifting. My course, friend. Yeah. He was... Yeah. Let me say something about Luke Richardson. So he was on the podcast... This, we're from obviously the powerlifting background when he was a junior at the world championships for the IPF. Um, and this is like a, the cocky kid that I love. Cause he's, he was a baby face the whole night at the time. He's so young. And um, he won the IPF world championships as a junior. I see him in the back and he already had a shirt on saying IPF world champion 2018. And it was 2018. I'm like, dog, <laughs> how confident is this guy? Love the that kid. And his name was the future. And yeah. um, he was on the podcast and like, like this is back when like powerlifting, he was a junior and he was on the podcast, this one. And he was just like so confident and, and, and he was saying his goals and how into it as a kid, other people, his age were out partying. He's doing like three to four hour sessions. And he's Absolutely like, my goal. Determined. And he, he said, then as a kid, I want to be the world's strongest man. I want to win world's strongest man. And um, I mean, yeah, it's very inspirational. See what he's doing now so quickly. And winning Euros and whatnot, it's amazing. Him him, and uh, it's Pavlo as well, isn't it? The, um, That's right, the Ukrainian, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy looks freakishly strong coming over to the UK in a few weeks to try and deadlift 505 kilos. Yeah. And you don't sort of, you know, a year ago, I was like, I was getting bored of this 500 kilo kind of, you know, battle. Now I'm looking at these guys thinking, they might actually do it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> These guys are absolutely crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Freakishly strong. Um, I, I, I just, you know, who knows how far they can push it. It's just getting more and more mind-boggling. And I'm, I'm glad I've retired, to be quite honest. I'd rather just sit there <laughs> look and, and talk about it than, than, than try and compete. <laughs> they, uh, Pablo and, and him were actually rivals in powerlifting as juniors and they would show up at a competition like the worlds and euros and they would have like stare downs and have like someone take a picture with them but they would also be like laughing about it but they were like showmen even as like kids in powerlifting they would be like showmen trying to play it up and be like and then they both go into strong myth at the same time and like are just absolutely crushing it you know i was like i hope you guys do well but that yeah they've they've done well it's a they, it they, is exciting there's a, a guy called Asku Karu as well. He he impresses the hell out of me. Um, from, looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, he's from the Eastern. We've, we've posted him Estonia. a bunch of times. Yeah. Estonia, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see him compete. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I think I think the next few years is going to be exciting. So many yeah, great. I mean, Evan Singleton, another great, you know, uh, talent, entertaining. I think Iron Bibby has potential. Yeah. yeah. I think Ian Bibby is just ridiculously strong. I'd love to see. He doesn't seem to have like the, the focus of like a Luke Richardson. He's just freakishly talented. <laughs> and I just love to see that kind of drive. There's like a kick up the ass, basically. And that guy could be phenomenal. Just I love, 
but also it sucks to like there's like the whole visa issues with guys getting in the u.s for the competitions and that kind of stuff which really puts a damper on that you know being in the u.s for i guess is, is it in the u.s again next year i'm pretty sure the world's strongest man at least yeah i think world's strongest uh, man in the u.s for a couple of years actually so. okay yeah so i mean so they might have yeah so i mean obviously he can go out and do the stuff in europe and all that but like you know again the, the middle eastern guys and you know bibby kind of can't get over to the the u.s which sucks it does yeah it's yeah. I mean, it's great that we have social media, so we still see these guys, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Honestly, I love seeing what these guys are all doing in the gym, but I am looking forward to seeing them all on the same bar. Yeah. You know, let's see who's the best on the day, you know, all using the same equipment. That, that excites me. Right. Go ahead, Bill. No, I was going to say, for, for you, for instance, just real quick, do you prefer the one-day shows, like the arena shows, or do you like the long, drawn-out ones, like the World's Strongest Man? Personally, I prefer the arena shows. Okay, My, just so much better. I think I think having you know fans pay to come and watch you at an arena. <laughs> when you think of where I came from in car parks, you know, with no one watching, um, and, and I've seen that growth of the sport. You know, to win Europe's Strongest Man in front of ten thousand people, to perform last week at the Royal Albert Hall, standing ovation at the end of it. I think back to the days I was in a drizzly car park with no one watching. <laughs> It's, it's so so amazing humbling you know just incredible to see that growth of the sport and then like the, the messages that you get sent afterwards and people kind of you know thanking me for what i'm doing now which is you know not, i'm not even lifting now and people can kind of thank <laughs> me for that. it's 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 just amazing to see the popularity of, of strongman grow over the years so we touched we touched on a little bit earlier about like uh you know like kearney not trying to finish last place that kind of thing um so mentally going into an event if you know it's your best event right or your one of your worst events let's say right which one is mentally easier to wrap your head around oh best events always but even though so so i was kind of think i was thinking about that but right but then there's the biggest chance of you kind of missing points on that right whereas the if it's your worst event it's like Worst case scenario is like... I guess it, it depends on... I, I, I think everyone will be different. Yeah, yeah. In my prime, on my best events, if I was well prepared, I went into that event believing I was going to win. Right. Mm. Things like farmer's walks, yokes, frame carries, car walks. I was so confident that I could be anyone in the world at them. And I, I had like such laser tunnel vision. And the more people watching, the more focused I became. It was... You know, it was, it was, I was just that confident that I was going to win. And I tried to portray that confidence so that my opponent could see it in me. Of course, you know, I'd, be, right. I'd be kind of like straddling, you know, going up and down the course beforehand, growling, you know, <laughs> just kind of getting into the zone, beating myself with a stick and, you know, just get, getting yourself feeling that, you know, stimulated, you know, fight or flight kind of um, sensation. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it, it worked for me. I was just, so confident I was going to win. There was occasions that I didn't, but I didn't let it affect me. I've always been good at, right, if, if an event goes badly, just move on to the next one. I, I've always told myself that. I tell my clients that because I see so many people let one event affect them. Right. And, you know, you, you really can't. You've just got to move on. And, and if it goes to shit, it goes to shit. What can you do? You can't change it. Right. <laughs> you know, you can, let, you can let it affect your next event in a negative way, or you can forget about it, move on, and then address it afterwards and figure out what went wrong. So that's always my, my you know, go-to. Events that you're not so good at, 
you start getting that feeling of, oh, fuck, I'm going to look shit in front of all these people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scratch. So, yeah, uh, that, that was always harder for me. But I've always tried to just be as good and, and well-rounded as possible. It's, it's impossible because yeah. we're all naturally good at, at different things. Um, but saying that, I've, I've always been more proud of PBs on my weaker lifts than I was on my naturally good lifts. So if something came easy to me, I never got as excited about a PB as say bench pressing, for instance, I was never a great bencher. Eventually, you know, worked hard to bench 500 pounds in a powerlifting competition. That meant more to me than, you know, squatting 900 pounds. Because squat was a lot more natural. I was always kind of strong in the legs, but, but my bench was absolute dog shit. And, you know, even though 500 pounds is nothing special, I, I was proud to achieve that because it's respectable at least, especially to do it in a powerlifting comp with, you know, paws and, and referees. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, starting off where I did on bench, it was, I mean, pressing was always a weak event for me. And then I ended up at one point having world and British records in the log and the axle. So even though the axle was for like, five minutes till Zadrunas beat it but <laughs> <laughs> still happened still happened it's in it's on tv <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, I got okay i got a question for you um and i I'll, I'll go with my answer afterwards and i want to see what yours is in terms of strength athletes who do you think was the most athletic most gifted single strength athlete we have seen and i know you're a fan of all the strength sports um, and you know, you could say just, you could base your answer on just pure athletic performance and potential, or you could base it on multi-sport and what I'll, I'll go first. And, um, cause I just want to throw it out there. My opinion, I say what Mark Henry as a two-time Olympian sandwiched in between a world powerlifting champion, setting records that lasted for like, you know, super long. And then. Coming into um, the Arnold Classic, it was the inaugural, but still had uh, Carlson was there, who was, I believe at the time, was the reigning world's strongest man. So it was like a stacked class um, in winning that as well. I would I would say, I remember reading an article back in the day and Bill Kazmaier was in it and he's like, it's got to be Mark Henry. And they had a few other people talking about it. Now, this is from 2003, so a lot has changed since then. But he stands out in my mind, iconic um and obviously full of charisma who would be your person that's a tough one to come up with i mean mark henry has an incredible cross total you know in terms of powerlifting, olympic lifting you know his strongman performances just an unbelievable career that he's had and and then to just go into the wwe like he kind of did you know what could he have potentially done in, in in the strength world it's, it's quite frightening, really. Um, there, there's certain lifters that I think are just incredible. Um, Tallahadzee, the Olympic lifter from Georgia, I think he's incredible. And I'd love to see someone like him cross over into something like Strongman. I don't think we'll ever see it. But I think just that explosive power. I mean, um, um, Mikhail, Shiv, uh, Mikhail Kuklaev, yeah. uh, he is an incredible, incredibly talented man. I think he liked to party a little bit too much. Bless him. Bless <laughs> but him. if you're talking pure talent, that man is up there with the absolute best in the world. You know, he could do anything. Powerlifting, strongman, you know, weightlifting. He was just incredibly talented at all of them. 
Um, I remember seeing him do like the the split jerk with the uh, with the log with <laughs> the one year. Split <laughs> jerk, the log does the the no handed kind of squats and just yeah. just love paying people. And you know, when you look at his actual numbers, they were crazy. He he was <laughs> an incredible incredible lifter. I think with a little bit more focus, he would have been unstoppable. You know, he was coming third to sort of Zadrinus and Vasil. Um, messing around <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what do you think about though um is it, so when i see when i see crossover athletes coming from like powerlifting like oh he did strongman and powerlifting powerlifting to a large extent is like a training for strongman it's not as as crazy for me to wrap my head around like like a mark henry who did olympic lifting okay that's a whole nother level of, of athleticism and powerlifting and strongman but then you got jeff who was like shot put in strongman, like there's, it's a big enough difference and divide to be like that's special. Like I can see somebody winning in powerlifting or doing very well in powerlifting and strongman, but then sure. there's like athletic strength ability where they branched out to Olympic I'll lifting shot what, put. I think sometimes being a good athlete, like a, a, a track and field athlete, is better than being a powerlifter for strongman. Oh wow! I think um, I think most strongmen will make good powerlifters. Mm-hmm. most powerlifters won't always make good strongmen. And this is something a lot of people get confused about. Just because you are good at bench press, squat and deadlift does not make you a good strongman. And I know plenty of guys that can do some incredible totals in powerlifting that are actually pretty naff at strongman mm-hmm. you know, because they can't move. They can't move with weights. They, they also struggle because they overdevelop their front delts. They struggle with the overhead side of, of strongman. Um, now that's not, to say every powerlifter is going to be a rubbish strongman, but right. you know, yeah, yeah. some of the absolute best strongmen of all time have come from powerlifting. And obviously having a big squat and a big deadlift is going to be a big advantage. But if you cannot move, then you are going to struggle because in almost every single strongman contest, there is going to be events where mobility speed are more important than static strength in terms of what you can squat and deadlift. Mm. I've competed against many powerlifters. I competed against Brian Siders and I beat him on the squat at World's Strongest Man because it was a different type of squat. Mm. As a strongman, you've got to be very adaptive to different types of equipment. In powerlifting, you know the exact bar that you're going to use. You know the platform that you're going to use. You know the order of the events that you're going to do them in. You yeah. know it's going to be perfectly flat, leveled floor. In strongman, you might have to squat on an axle. You cannot get an axle tight onto your traps like you can a squat bar. You know mm-hmm. you might have to deadlift with with an axle bar, you know, or a stiff bar, or a car, or, or like a side handle deadlift. You know, there's so many variations to the deadlift in strongman. In powerlifting, you know it's going to be on a certain bar from a certain height every single time. So powerlifters are extremely well-trained in three movements. Strongmen have to be extremely adaptable in many movements. And that's, that's the main difference between the two sports. You know, you can, I mean, you can, you can start going into it in powerlifting. You look at an IPF deadlifter compared to, you know, a deadlifter yeah. that's using, you know, a, a deadlift bar, for instance, they are different. And, you know, we can go into the intricacies, but it's just a fact. And, and, unless you kind of really understand it's hard to compare the differences you can't compare bill kazmaier deadlifting to eddie hall deadlifting because mm-hmm. completely different equipment they were using different bars it's it's all it's hard to 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 make it a level playing field it's i think the most important thing with strongman is you have to be able to adapt to various situations very very quickly that's why someone like novakov is so good 
he's not the strongest guy in terms of a deadlift or a press, but he's strong enough and he can adapt to so many situations, so many different events and still come out on top. Whereas, you know, people have said, what would Jamal Browner be like at Strongman? Jamal Browner would be great if they had a deadlift in a competition. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he's going to be good at any other events. You know, he, he, I, was, I did a video on comparing him against Thor and he is an incredible deadlifter. No one's going to deny that. But he's not going to, you know, Thor will deadlift and then he'll grab Jamal and throw Jamal over the, the <laughs> you know, wait for height platform. It's, it's, it's difficult to, I've seen some incredible, incredible small athletes do incredible things. But having that size of a Zadrunas in his prime, an Eddie Hall, a Thor, you cope with these weights for longer mm. in terms of your body can, can handle that kind of beating for longer. And it, 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 the smaller guys tend to break easier. <laughs> do, do you, you know, think it, that's going to be more the trend or, or someone like Martins who was like slightly smaller? Like, what, do you think it's trending towards um, getting bigger? Martins was more of a outlier in terms of size or how do you see the future going? I think we're going to see more and more freaky athletes out there. I think there's always going to be exceptions that, you know, like a, a Martins or a, um, like, well, I mean, I say, a bad example. He's like a swimmer, but he's yeah. about 145 kilos and six foot four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he carries a lot of muscle. He's a very unique individual. But I think, you know, we're going to see more six foot eight, six foot nine, six foot ten guys come in and at 400 pounds that are lean and athletic. Mm. And I think over the next 10 years, there's going to be guys that are still good at a smaller size. You know, Rob Kearney, for instance, holding his own at under six foot, amazing athlete. And I don't think anyone should let not being a monster stop them doing the sport because there's always advantages and disadvantages to, to height and, you know, various different things. But I think as the sport grows, a lot of these incredible athletes and freaks that we see going to the NFL will probably come to sports like Strongman because they're seeing more opportunities. And I think the standard's going to get better. I think we're going to have more and more freaks competing and it's going to be an exciting time. Bill, you got some questions. I got a couple more. I want to be respectful of his time. Uh, so I'll hold back. I just got a couple more, but how about yourself, Bill? You got some you want to fire off, sir? Yeah, actually, I was. Um, so one of my favorite interviews that you did um, on the, the channel was with uh, Manfred. Um, growing up, he was he was, he awesome. was like that sweet spot when I just got in the gym in high school and he's got these big, I mean, so this guy, Ryan, he had, the, muscles. <laughs> yeah, he had the biggest biceps in the world, you know, according to him at the time. Um, and, you know, he ended up coming uh, second place. Uh, was it to Pujanowski, I think? He was second to Magnus Ver. Oh, Magnus, right, right, sorry, sorry. Yeah, second to Magnus, whatever. But it was like right when I was in high school, it was like a perfect, like perfect storm of that. And then he actually came out with a book. I don't know if you've ever seen this one. Oh, wow. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Ten minutes to massive bar. So <laughs> I've had this thing for now, you know, 30 years almost. So me and my buddies get the book and we, you know, we've, we've trained for, you know, football, um, American football, you know, squad bench, deadlift, all that stuff. But we never really did any true bodybuilding stuff so we get this book i'm like probably 15 years old so we go through one workout i wake up the next day i cannot move my arms to save the light i mean i'm doing one, you know one of these kind of things oh my god i couldn't believe it um like i've i've still to this day i've never been as sore as i was from doing one damn workout from that book <laughs> but um 
when I saw you had him on there, I was super excited because, like, you know, he's never really ever talked about in the uh, strongman lore kind of thing. And he had, the, obviously, the car accident that kind of ended his career quickly. Um, but uh, I just thought that was a really cool one. I appreciate you having him on. That was a good trip Thank down memory you. lane for me. I, I love talking to the older guys. I, I find it so interesting talking to a lot of the older guys, just hearing their stories because, like, we, you know, we know now people can just come in and do strongman, but they've all come from different things. They've got different stories. I, I really enjoy talking to them. I want to ask you, um, I, I know earlier on, so I had a bunch of questions about your career, then almost off the bat, you're like, I love talking about other things besides myself. I'm like, let's move <laughs> in that direction. And we've had a great chat. Like we just crushed 90 minutes like this. So um, it is what it is. But I do have to ask a couple of questions though about yourself because we are coming to the end of it. Well, we are at the end of it. And um, so looking back, you already said who you thought your greatest rival was. What do you think, and this could be two different. This could be a two-part question, or it could be the same. What was your greatest achievement? And that could be in terms of an overall title, or even a single event like Thor or, or, or Eddie's. You know, one deadlift. Obviously, he went. If he never won the world title, it would have been just that one lift, or maybe it would have been a full event. And your greatest moment, which isn't always the same thing. Sometimes okay. you have a fucking moment. Yeah. where the right people are there, the right, and it's not because the lift or whatever. The best, the best win for me is without question beating Half Thor at Europe's Strongest Man 2016. Um, not just to win the title, but to beat Half Thor there, who had dominated the show for basically five years around my win. Right. He was unbeatable. And there's, you know, me that's kind of taken that in the middle there. I know, I um, see that. You're right in the middle of his dynasty. It's yeah. like a sore thumb. <laughs> so that that was, you know, and that, that was just a special evening because it was the first time in an indoor arena. We had 10,000 people watching. Uh, no one was talking about me having a chance of winning. Um, and, and I just felt really confident. I knew the events were good for me. I broke two world records that evening on the, the car walk and the framework, uh, performed really well on all the events. And I needed to come third on the Atlas Stones to guarantee the win. Um, and Atlas Stones aren't notoriously my best event, but I smashed it and, you know, did enough to, to get the title. Amazing experience to, to win that show for sure. Um, I've had a number of one-off sort of performances. I mean, I remember doing the, the yoke at the World Ultimate Strongman in Dubai. It was 580 kilos. We had literally every single top guy in the world there, and I dominated the event by, mm. you know, I absolutely smashed it. Um, and you had guys like Kiliashkovsky, Zadrunas coming up to me saying how, you know, impressive <laughs> that performance was. When you've got guys like that coming up to you telling you how good it was, it means something. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's great your mum patting you on the back or, or yeah, like a stranger. <laughs> when the guys that you see as the best in the world are telling you how impressive something was, that, that meant a lot. Um, in terms of most memorable moments, I have to say last week at the Royal Albert Hall, when I finished the Stones and I just turned to the crowd and I literally had 5,000 people there as a standing ovation, you know, that was... It was by no means my best performance. I was miles from my best, to be quite honest. I got in good enough shape to look like I belonged there. That's, that's all I was. Um, but it was never about winning for me, that show. It was all about going out in the right way. Um, you know, I, people have said, you're not interested in trying to do one more Worlds or trying to do another show. And, you know, I, I could get myself in better shape, but I don't think I'm ever going to be at my best again. I've had too many injuries. I'm sort of, you know, knocking on 40. Um, 
I've got other things as well. I've got so many other things that I'm focused on and that I want to focus on now, which is a nice position to be in because often as an athlete, and this is what I felt like in 2019, I felt like I was just an athlete. I felt like I couldn't do anything else. And, mm. and now I've got myself in a position, well, actually, there's other things that I can add value to and, and you know, um, make sure that I give myself targets in different ways, which is nice now because as much as I've loved 20 years of competing, there, there comes a point where you think, right, I can't compete with these guys anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, you know that, that's, that's not me saying right now I can't, but how long can I push it for? And how long do I want to push it for? I've got a young family I need to, to think about. I don't want to be a 50-year-old in a wheelchair. And I've already had a number of injuries. So there has to become a point where you're like, right, I'm okay with ending the, the, the competitive side of things. So for me last week, in front of that crowd, that so many people had literally messaged me saying they paid just to come and watch me in my last comp. I can't think of a better way to, to finish it. You know, I was going to finish in 2019 anyway, if things went well. I was just, it was niggling at me that I, I got stretched off. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it was just the worst possible way to finish. So to finish the show, I performed good enough. It wasn't, it wasn't my best performance, but it was good enough. Came seventh. I beat the current world's strongest man on three events. I beat the current, you know, UK's strongest man. I showed that I was good enough to still be there. Um, hopefully showed a lot of newer fans of mine that didn't even know I did strongman that I was as a good athlete. Cause that's a really funny thing now is like, Oh, uh, have you got like a history in kind of broadcast and stuff? Like that? No, I was just an athlete. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, who are these people that they didn't yeah. know, but I guess it happens. I, new I people. like new fans that didn't even know I competed. They, they wow. just thought I was like in the commentating side of things. So that's really cool to give that opportunity to show that, yeah, I was a pretty decent strongman at, at a point. Um, but just, I had my mum there, I had my oldest daughter there, you know, and it was just, and my wife, obviously, and it was just a, an amazing, amazing night. And I, I will never forget it. And it's funny to, to put that moment up there because I came seventh in a show. Normally you wouldn't worry about, you know, that kind of placing, but it was more the reception that I got. The It's something I, I'll never forget for sure. There's something about though, like I, I, you know, when, when Bill Kazmar takes the microphone and says what he says about you and everybody's on their feet clapping and, and it's, uh, it's like Rocky when he kept trying to retire. And then in the last movie, the Rocky Balboa movie, where he said like, there's still some fire and I have to end this. It's not over yet. And he's in his fifties and you know, everyone's like, why? And he's like, it's just, there's something burning still. And it, it's not over the yet. The demons in the basement. The demons <laughs> in the basement, baby. That's what it was. Thank you, Bill. And then um, afterwards, when he looked at the crowd, got a standing ovation, he wasn't getting carted off on the chair or, or you know, like you said, like, that's, that's, that's not how, that's my movie doesn't end with me getting carted off injured. Your that your video when it ended, you with your hands up to an ovation, Bill Kazmar with some fucking Bill got emotional for God's sake. And it was um, you know, backstage when you approach it, I mean, it was a moment in it, like, yes, now you could be like, I can put it the demons to bed now. The demons have been exercised. That's how the movie ends. I know what you yeah. mean, where it's it's not about, you know, it's more of the Rocky movies, but he said it's not about winning and losing all the time. It's how do you yes. want to go out? How are you at peace with going out? I'm at peace with that. You know, it's, that's it's a, that's exactly what it is. I mean, people, and the thing is those moments are incredible, but people don't see the behind the scenes when you're in excruciating pain after each event and you're lying in, on the, the floor behind the scenes. And, you know, it's, 
that moment is amazing and you can forget about that pain, but you can't just keep putting yourself through the agony, you know, 24 seven. And, right. and like I said, I'm very, very blessed to be in a position that I can focus on other things. And, and, and I, I still feel I can give to the sport and, you know, help many, many athletes. I coach a number of, of great athletes right now for all different levels from guys and girls that compete at the world level to almost complete beginners. And I, I get a lot of joy from that. Um, still heavily involved with commentating with promoting with you know trying to build the sport and it's, it's just a nice position to be in i i do well first off it was it's a compliment if anyone ever comes across you assumes you weren't an athlete and that you were in broadcasting commentary you must be doing it well that's a compliment <laughs> when um like if they're new to the sport it's no hey no it's no disrespect i'm just new to the sport i don't know the history of it and they just think oh he's a broadcast guy when I hear him, he sounds, that's what I was telling you earlier when you actually do sound like that. You could tell when somebody's an athlete sitting in with the broadcast guy. Um, but when you're like, when you actually see the guy you're listening to, oh shit, he's huge. He must have actually been an athlete. <laughs> that's a compliment, sir. So I would take that because uh, you could tell. Um, in terms of moving ahead into the future, what are some of your goals? And uh, I mean, because it's been remarkable how your transition has gone, like how lockdown for a lot of people through them askew they didn't see coming in is very difficult and they struggled where for some individuals like yourself lockdown comes around and it's almost like a a blessing for you like you found your path sir you have a it's been remarkable what you've done yeah it's been i mean it, it's been interesting you know <laughs> the, the, the the lockdown i don't think any of us ever wanted it's you know it, but but sometimes you just gotta you, you put yourself in a situation and you can either lie around thinking well this is sucks and feeling sorry for yourself or you can just try and make the most of it and mm -hmm. i'm very lucky that i've got such a a positive supportive wife who gives me a kick up the ass every time that i need it because you know I, I i can if allowed become a bit lazy it's impossible these days because i'm just too busy to be lazy i'm way way busier than i ever was an as an athlete <laughs> I actually, I actually think athletes now are lazy bums. <laughs> you know, and you're I retired now. You retired and you're busier than ever. Right? <laughs> way, way busier than ever. As an athlete, I went to the gym. I'd eat my food. I'd sit around. You know, that was, <laughs> that was right. it. Um, whereas now I, I'm sort of nonstop, but I love it. You know, I've got three kids as well. So trying to make sure I inspire them to, to be able to, to do anything that they want to do, make sure they realize with hard work, anything's possible. Um, Obviously, you know, try and provide a, a good life for my family, um, which was was never really possible as an athlete in strongman. Mm. Um, but there's more opportunities now. Uh, I'm very, very focused on a few of my businesses. So I have my online coaching business. Me and my brother have an online uh, coaching app type thing that we're kind of in the process of, of developing. Um, then with the commentating, I'm all I'm going all over collabs on the youtube channel we're hoping to be in dubai and america later in this year so that will be fun amazing there's a number of events that we've got planned to go to we should be in florida for the event in um september so yeah. that'll be really cool because i'm so used to to traveling regularly as an athlete and the last year I've, I've been to i went to bahrain for an event there but that was it um, and it just feels weird not kind of going out, seeing people. And, and so really looking forward to the opportunity to, to traveling again, uh, developing the YouTube, you know, that's something we want to kind of, we're closing in on sort of a hundred thousand subscribers on there, that's which it, is yeah. just amazing because, you know, it was just only ever started as, like I said, just posting some training videos and just, you know, 
me talking and mm. you know it's it's amazing to see that people enjoy what i've got to say about the sport and you know it's 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 i'm almost better known now from this side of things than i was as an athlete, isn't it wild how life is isn't it wild that you're like you never a couple years ago like you were you got a video with over a million people watching I see, I check, like you, you've, you've got some big hitting videos. Like you've got several hundred thousands of, it's, it's insane how life goes where it makes the transition obviously much easier. We did a video during World's Strongest Man, like a results video. And we had 16,000 people watching at one point. Yeah, it's wild. So I'm, I'm, I'm fixing dinner for the family and I have, you know, you're, you and Liz on live kind of, you know, reading off and waiting for the, the spreadsheet to kind of pop up whatever for the stones they see who if tom or uh, brian ended up winning and my wife's like what are you listening to down there i'm like don't, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. <laughs> but i i think it's sort of created a bit of a community we see a lot of the same faces kind of commenting it's really nice that, that you know if you, uh, when i started i used to go on forums and look at different things for the sport you know you chat to people and it's just like you know it's still the same kind of thing but just a, on a bigger scale and hopefully you know i've got more insight into to what's happening at these events so people find what we're saying a little bit more interesting hopefully and um but but at the end of the day you know i'm a fan trying to find out the results <laughs> but you yeah you are a contributor like um if we're going to grow this sport and and people that may not have like a charisma of an eddie hall or or been in the right place right right time with connections like a thor they're going to need people like you to help tell their stories when they don't they're not going to necessarily convey it like you can convey it you're an excellent talker you're you you seamlessly can sit in on the broadcast and um and if you could do it in between events with your youtube which you are it's a i mean it's a huge it's crazy how you don't even realize how much you could give back to a sport that helped put you in the position you're in um and you've come full circle so it's exciting and, and kudos to you for giving back um another question i have i only got a couple more questions bill if you've got a couple more uh you go ahead we're, we're taking up a lot of time here so we'll let you go soon i'm sorry if we're are you okay for time i forgot a couple more yeah we've got about 20 more minutes okay bill do you got any more that that you want to get i got a there? question or two yeah yeah okay you go ahead then i'll ask at the end if we have time all right so yeah basically so the so with boxing being the hot button right now for all different athletes who's your matchup in a boxing match we gotta put we gotta put laws into a boxing match. Oh Jesus! We're make a little. We're gonna make a little money here. Oh Jesus! Who, who are we putting out there? Hey, who wants who wants to fight me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I the, the, interesting. I'm a former British champion at Kung Fu, so oh whoa, being, being in a ring wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Um, I, 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 I see the wheels turning. Hold on, wait. I see the wheels I, I'd turning. I'd be up for it. It's you know the the, the goals for me immediate goals. I want to drop. Trying to fit, um, I want to drop about 50 pounds. So okay. uh, getting fitter, trying to rehab a couple of injuries. That's the immediate goals for me. You know, if, if anyone wants to pay me good money to get into the ring, then I'd fight my mum for a million dollars. Well, there's a soundbite we needed, Bill. <laughs> you know, I, I'd fight Eddie and Thor at the same time for that kind of money. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> I won't go making any challenges just yet, but <laughs> yeah, that's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> so you guys are coming over to Jacksonville, right, for the event? That'll be good. Yeah, we we're looking forward to it. It's, um, you bringing the whole family, or 
Uh, it'll just be me and Liz. So okay. I don't know if you're going to do like Disney with the kids or that kind of stuff or whatever. No, hopefully we're going to do like Disney next year. That's one of the reasons I want to lose some weight is to take the, yeah. the Disney. But um, this year, just because travel is getting to the US, oh, yeah. the UK is a real ball ache. Um, so we're, pro- we're kind of probably having to go to a different country first to get in uh, and bypass some of the quarantine kind of. Gotcha. Are, um, you, are you commentating the boxing match between Thor and Eddie? I'm not commentating the boxing. I'm commentating on the strongman. Okay. So strongman the day before okay. I'm doing the commentating for because they've got the strongman and strong woman contest happening the day before. Obviously, I, I don't know if you guys have seen Eddie's got a bicep injury, right? So their and fight foods. has been postponed. Um, but there is still some CrossFitters fighting uh, in Florida. Not sure when the Eddie and Thor fight will happen now, but I think they're looking at March time. Is Mary stepping in? Do you know? There is rumors but nothing has been signed yet so i'm not sure i think thor wants to have an exhibition um marius is a potential opponent but there's other people lined up as well i'm just saying you'll be there i mean <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> bill's now turning it to your manager real quick <laughs> he's like let me hey, talk to some if, people if you can sort out a good contract then, then we'll do it <laughs> <laughs> you know his price tag bill a million dollars million dollars who what do you think can i get your prediction on um i thought Putzianowski coming in there seems like a big jump in in class. Like that's Putzianowski's been a professional MMA fighter for like a decade. Putzianowski understands exhibition. Well, that's <laughs> it. Like he might say, "Yeah, sure, sign me up for an yeah, exhibition. Sure. I'm coming yeah. in for your head, though. I'm going to be famous yeah. after this." Like that's why I'm like, I don't think that's a good fight. No, I, I don't think it's a good fight either. <laughs> right. I would not I would not book it if I was Thor. Um, yeah. what are your thoughts on the Thor versus Eddie? Can you give a prediction or or do you have to keep your cards close to your chest? It's not even like a you know, keeping my cards close. But if I'm on totally honest with the with the things that I've seen, and we can only go on what we've seen, right. you know, Eddie's keeping things a bit more under wrap than than Thor. Thor's doing the exhibitions, he looks like he he's taking boxing very seriously. Um, I, I can definitely see improvements in him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a boxing expert because I'm not, but um, I do have combat experience. You, you can tell he's taking things seriously. And I don't think we'll ever see Thor back in Strongman. It looks like he is transitioning to, to become a fighter. Um, looks like he's enjoying it. You can tell the changes in his physique. He, he seems to, you know, one thing is he's got reach over Eddie. Mm. So... I think if he can kind of make it a boxing match and keep Eddie away from him, he'll probably win. I think Eddie is definitely the more aggressive of the two. I think Eddie is the one that wants to take his head off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think the reality, if I'm totally honest, you get two very gassed big men by the end of it. You know, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the buildup will be fun. I think the actual event might be a disappointment. <laughs> or it, it could be, you, you, it could be totally disappointment where they're very gassed. But sometimes, like a, if you watch a tough man Just contest, big swinging. <laughs> it could be, it could be amazing for as long as it lasts. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be Ali. It's but, not going to be, you know, no, but like Tyson Fury. That's but, the way to, that's the way to look at it is, you know, right. some people are saying, oh, you know, I don't want to see, you know, Anthony Joshua in Strongman or something like that. Well, you know, these guys, don't they're not trying to say that they're next heavyweight world champion you know they're, they're two guys that have a grudge against each other they're going in a ring they're hopefully going to sort it um you know it'd be nice to see a friendly end to it i don't really is the think grudge real like this is real then because there's been question on is it yeah, played up or you know, no no yeah. no it's definitely real there, there's dislike for each other which is a shame because i think they're both good guys you mm. know i think 
sometimes when you're that good at something in the same sport, you create that rivalry and, you know, certain things were said, but I think a lot of things have just been overplayed and, and made bigger than they actually were. Um, at the end of the day, when you're a competitor, you want to win. And mm. in the heat of the moment, sometimes things are said, you know, we've all done stupid shit <laughs> and said right. stupid shit. Uh, so, you know, fair play to them. They've both given themselves this great opportunity. Um, hopefully for us watching, it's going to be entertaining. Um, I'm looking forward to the strong man and strong woman the night before the, the, the worst team are putting on a strong woman event, which I think is really, really cool. We're going to see some of the strongest women in the world competing uh, as well as some of the strongest men all side by side. So should be an, an amazing weekend of entertainment. Okay. I only got two questions left, my friend, then we'll wrap it up. What would you tell, because now you're at the end of, of your career, what would you tell a younger version of yourself in terms of advice? Don't rush. <laughs> I um, One of the biggest mistakes I made was competing too much early on. Um, I would focus on, on developing better technique and fundamentals early on. I was always very good at working hard, but probably lacked a bit of technical experience early on. And I think, you know, that, that goes back to what I said earlier, you know, you walk into the gym, you just listen to the, the biggest, strongest guy in the gym who tries to beast you. Mm. <laughs> I've learned over the years, beasting someone isn't the best way to make progress. But we all, you know, if you don't have that experience, you think, oh, just go in and work as hard as you possibly can. You know, and it's great for that mental strength, which you will need when it comes down the line to strongman. But getting fundamentals right and focusing on steady progress is much better than improving quickly, then getting injured and having six months off and going backwards. So I would have changed a few things in terms of early days, making sure technique was better. Um, and I didn't rush to always come back from injuries. I tried to come back from injuries way too quickly often, you know, thinking I had to compete. Mm. Whereas now I look at things and they, there's always another show, you know, Whereas back then it was like, I've got to compete. I've, you know, I've got, I've got to do this next show. And I think you start realizing as you get older, there is more to life than just this next competition. It's hard when you're, you know, really young and it's the only thing you care about. But then when you, you start having a family and other things that are important to you, you do realize there's more to, to life than just lifting. And as much, I mean, I will always lift now. You know, I'll always train until the day I die. It's ingrained in me. I love training, but I can do it for fun now rather than just, you know, trying to win titles. Uh, but yeah, that's the main thing. I, I would try and make sure I understood that it, that it isn't a sprint to, to, to be the best, you know, take your time, make sure you get fundamentals, right. Learn from everyone, you know, take little things from as many people as you can. So, you know, talk to different coaches, talk to different athletes, read different articles. There's so many ways you, you just pick up little cues from different people that suddenly make sense to you. You know, there's certain things that people say and it makes no sense. And then suddenly someone says the exact same thing in a different way. And like a light bulb clicks and you're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just little things that you can take from everyone and become the best version of you. Uh, just enjoy it. If you really want to do a strength sport, powerlifting, strongman, weightlifting, whatever it might be, make sure you enjoy it because it is hard. And, you know, if you're not enjoying it, do something else that you do enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I say that all the time, all the times of my clients, I'm like, do you, are you having fun training? Oh, well, I don't know. I go, well, if you're not, then let's find something else for you to do yeah. instead of doing this. Cause you're, you know, there's no reason to be miserable. 
No, exactly that. <laughs> you don't have to do this. You're not, you know, making money doing this, right? Like uh-huh. it's just, you know, for the average Joe. Yeah, yeah, you spend far more time in the gym than you will on the platform. And that one day on the platform, you think is going to, it's not going to change everything. Like it's going to come and go and, and uh, you're going to put a lot, all that time in the gym. You got to find some appreciation for it. For me, the gym is like my local bar. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't like, I, I don't go out drinking, but I like to kind of train with a group of friends and, you know, have a little bit of a social, obviously work hard when you're there. You know, I, I don't think you need to be going into the gym like a raving lunatic thinking that you've got a kind of, you know, is it beast mode and all this kind of bollocks that people go on about. You, you can go in and just have a, a great workout. You can, you can talk to people, you know, as long as you're getting the work done and you're having fun, there's a lot more chance you're going to progress than going in there, hating every second of, of your training. Right. Yeah. Motivation only lasts so long in terms of like just discipline and enjoying the process a lot easier to the long haul, keep it going. Um, so last question for myself, Bill, did you have a last question? No, I'm good. Okay. My friend, um, now that it's all wrapped up your career, looking back, and you're segueing into a, a, a second half, which, which appears to be just as big or even bigger, possibly. We're all excited. How do you want to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as someone that kind of inspired people, you know, to, to, to show people that you can have knockbacks and still come back. And I think uh, I've, in terms of my lifting career, I've, I've managed to do that. I mean, the amount of times... I've been knocked down and overlooked and injured and, you know, proved that because I love the sport, because I sort of, you know, the, the love is more important than the winning. It got me back into it. Pick myself up, you know, dust myself off and, and try again. Um, I'm, I'm proud to have come back from so many negatives and so many failures and still be one of the most successful British athletes of all time. It's, um, it's so easy to give up if, if you're not enjoying it. Again, goes back to, to making sure you enjoy it. I do genuinely love the sport. I, I'm a genuine fan. I've been a fan of Strongman since, you know, probably about three years old. I remember watching, you know, the, I remember watching O.D. Wilson. Oh, wow. <laughs> being, being mesmerized by this huge, big man pulling a truck. I just, I just thought it was incredible. Um, and, you know, that, that vision stuck with me. I've always loved Strongman. Um, always hopefully will there's things that have annoyed me about it and there's things that i would like to see improve and and hopefully by being vocal i can help in some way make things better for the athletes now um and i I have seen improvements in in various different things so that's really cool but yeah just being someone that people look look to as someone that didn't give up kept going kept fighting and you know eventually achieve some big things Beautifully said, my friend. Look, at I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast. This is a, you're a phenomenal talker, man. You, you are a great ambassador for the sport in all strength sports in general. Um, I wish nothing but the best for you in, in your transition in the commentary. I hope you get picked up, even just for more sports than Strongman, because you got it. And good luck on all your other ventures, business-wise and YouTube. Thank you so much, night. guys. It's been a pleasure to come on. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Thanks very guys. much. Talk to you later, buddy. Cheers, Have guys. a good Take one. Care. Good luck. Bye-bye.